0: Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Ward. I'm back. Although you probably just listened to me a few days ago. I know the episodes are coming in short succession. However, we have a daunting uh, Spidey flick on the horizon that I got a retrospective to get through. So, uh, if anything, for you guys, this should be a good thing. You have more of me and you have more of my friends. And speaking of my friends, today we have a returning guest, my buddy Jake. He's back. From the second episode all the way to here, Jake, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing great. That's yeah, great. Absolutely great.
0: Yeah, you know, you've you you you've come a long way. At the beginning, <laughs> I had no idea what I'm doing, and now I kind of know what I'm doing. So, Oh, you,
1: def- you do good. I love listening to your podcast.
0: I appreciate it, man. That's uh, good to hear it. Now, Jake, you yourself have a podcast of your own. Isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, I was inspired by your podcast. Oh, uh, I, I like listening to it so much that... I wanted to make a podcast with me and my friend, Grant. Uh, It's called Pop Culture Parlor. All right. Uh, I'll say it one more time. Pop Culture Parlor. Mm. Uh, It's also on Spotify. We have uh, two episodes out right now, and we're going to have another episode coming out in a couple days talking about all the Spider-Man movies. Um, So that's going to be fun. It's going to be just like what you're doing. Uh, We're just going to do one big episode, basically. Oh, boy. And so, yeah. Um, We basically talk about movies, TV shows, video games, uh yeah, we've ranked movies and TV shows that we like so far and yeah, it's it's a blast. And I I think everyone should check it out.
0: Yeah, I've really enjoyed the two episodes um that I've listened to so far. I like your uh you kind of have like a uh kind of a list structure to the yeah. first two episode, and I, I enjoyed listening to that. I thought that was yeah. uh I don't know, kind of a fresh way to go yeah. about things. Um, you know, be on the lookout. Your boy might pop up in the near future. <laughs> um so Jake. Jumping right into things, this past weekend we had a uh, a movie that has not done great at the box office, and maybe no. it will do better. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the kind of this holiday season is a time where movies can get box office legs if they want. Yeah. However. Uh, I just want to talk about this because Spider-Man is going to uh, demolish any and all conversation around this oh, yeah. movie in the next few weeks. Uh, Steven Spielberg's adaptation of West Side Story, for those who don't know what West Side Story is, uh, this is a musical by Stephen Sondheim that uh, has really kind of, uh, you know, it's very famous. I'm sure, it, the, the funny thing is I saw this with a buddy of mine who had never seen the show or the original movie before and he recognized yeah. the songs. Like, So if you haven't heard of the movie, you've definitely heard some songs uh, every now and then. You know, it's basically an updated Romeo and Juliet um, set in New York City. Um, Jake, what were your expectations walking into this kind of reinterpretation of West Side Story? Are you familiar was... with the original at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a while since I've seen like the original basically, like the original movie. yeah. Um, it had been like years and years and years and I only remember like half of the first, like the original movie really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't remember how everything exactly went. So my expectations for this movie, like before um, the reviews and stuff like that came in, uh, they were pretty low, I okay. would say. A um, couple reasons is like this is not like the most unique musical it's yep. it's it's just it's a Stephen Sondheim musical that kind of says it all really yeah um and I mean it's also got Ansel Elgord in it mm. which we'll probably we'll probably talk about him a little oh, bit yeah. um and so that kind of lowered my expectations for it um going into it but you loved it and so it raised it a little bit and so uh I went to go see it and I love it
0: yeah I I, I I had hope for this only because I, I I'm a fan of the original show and I I like the uh the '60s movie quite a bit. Yeah,
1: it's it's a great movie and stuff, but like my expectations for this one were just really low. Of course,
0: yeah. I think I was just excited mostly because uh, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, a master of his craft. And the one thing we haven't seen from Steven Spielberg yet is a musical. Um, True. And he's like handled, you know, sci-fi. He's handled horror. He's handled, uh, you know. War movies is handled. No. I don't know, whatever he, the hell he's done
1: it all, he really has done it all.
0: Yeah, whatever the hell Tintin is. I love Tintin. Um, <laughs> yeah, that movie's great. No, Tintin's amazing. Uh, note to the listeners, to watch Tintin. Um,
1: no slander on Tintin,
0: exactly. Tintin's amazing, it's the Uncharted
1: movie. We, uh, we, <laughs> we deserve that. Exactly. That is, yeah, that's one we deserve.
0: Damn straight. Um, but yeah, I was excited for this, um, because the only Uh, history we had with Spielberg and musicals is there's like a musical sequence at the beginning of uh, the Temple of Doom where uh, it's an (laughs) anything goes uh, kind of tap dance number. And every time I watch that, I'm like, oh, Steven Spielberg should do a musical. And then all of a sudden he's announced to do this. I'm like, okay, interesting. So I guess I was just holding out hope for that. And man, oh man, um, this was just delightful in really every sense of,
1: the trailers really don't show what this movie truly is. Yeah, like, they hide opinion. the
0: music a lot in the trailers.
1: They, they only show, like, or like you only hear one song in, the, in like, all of the trailers.
0: Yeah. And you're like, okay, like, what, what's going on here? But, I mean, as soon as it starts... Um, it's just,
1: fantastic.
0: Right. And just, I, I, a lot of people have said this, but it really feels like kind of an old... Uh, quote-unquote classic musical yeah um, you know just people dancing extravagant sets extravagant production design um and just you know big movie stars like and just tearing it up I don't yeah. know I the entire time I was watching I had a grin on my face um and it's a shame that no one really showed up for this and I guess that's understandable considering how like everyone's sort of getting sick of remakes and there have been a lot of like musicals this year alone so yeah. it's easy to see this getting like kind of swept under the rug <laughs> But I don't know. I thought this was really special. I was worried that it wouldn't feel um, kind of relevant to today. Like, are, do we really need a West Side Story in today's day and age? But I thought this was in some ways even improved upon the original in a lot of ways. And I, I appreciated
1: yeah. that. Uh, I, yeah, my uh, my sweetmates in college, um, they said that they were boycotting this film because they did not like that they were remaking it. Because they thought it was the exact same thing, like they were like, "Why is Spielberg remaking a movie that's already like super good back from 1963?" I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I I understand not wanting to go see this because it is a remake and stuff, and it's a musical. A lot of people don't like those. This one's a really good one to see, though, in my opinion. There's so much good that outweighs the bad. The the uh you put in your letterbox review you said the puddle scene
0: oh my gosh there's a shot with a puddle that blew my mind
1: that was beautiful
0: yeah that might be the best shot of the year either that or 100
1: percent
0: or the peacemaker helmet in uh the suicide that's
1: a super good shot too
0: yeah but like oh my gosh i leaned over to my money i'm like this is incredible like what the heck um i need to chase that high again i just really want to see this (laughs) again at some point but yeah i don't know it it just looks so great um it does i thought all the musical numbers were really well handled um the the lady who plays maria rachel Zegler. this is her first movie and she's a rock star like she murders this movie oh yeah incredible and her voice is like from the gods it she handles all the emotional elements really well. She's extremely likable. Like, uh, put her in everything. Good lord. There's,
1: there's a reason why she's going to play Snow White in the Disney remake. Like,
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds perfect to me. Uh, I'm okay with that.
1: She, yeah, um, she was by far probably the best part. Um, oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Her or uh, Ariana DeBose. Um, she was, was amazing, Anita, too. Anita, who is a goddamn firecracker in the movie. She,
1: she was super good, too, yeah.
0: She has so much energy. And I was just delighted. hundred um, percent. Yeah. She showed but up
1: sorry. The the costume design, the production design, just like the cinematography, like all like all of the shots, including like especially like the opening shot. Mm-hmm. Cause like it's just a huge kind of crane or drone shot. Yeah. So cool. Like you don't see some some of those things nowadays, like constant good shots like that. Um, over and over again, but Spielberg just knows how to do it. He's uh, so good.
0: Yeah. There, I don't know if there's anyone better who knows how to like move a camera like Spielberg yeah. does. Oh, um, so good. A master of his craft. All right. So we got to bring up the elephant in the room. Um, Angela Elgort plays mm. uh, the male lead in this movie, Tony. Um, now, before this movie came out, uh, this was really supposed to come out in 2020, but due to the whole pandemic, uh, it got pushed to 2021. And yeah. during the pandemic, uh, 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 Assault. Allegations were leveled at uh, Angelo Hort for grooming and a lot of really nasty stuff.
1: 17 year old.
0: Yeah, it's really distracting when he's in the movie. Plus, he's not great.
1: He's not the best part of the movie. Like, he could have been replaced, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, like, I, and I don't, the hard thing is, is that I don't know, like, whether, because obviously there's so many people working on this that. And Tony's like arguably like one of the main characters in the movie. It'd like, be hard if they were going to like completely replace him. So I kind of see that. But on the other hand, every time he shows up, you're like, oh, this guy.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a big reason on why a lot of people didn't go see the movie. Like yeah. a lot of the trailers that I see, like I go to the comment sections and stuff and everyone's like bashing on him and stuff like that. And they're like, do not go see this movie. Do not support him. Like, this guy assaulted someone, like, that is horrible or, like, groomed them and stuff. And, yeah, I think that's a big reason why it only made $10 million in the box office.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, a contribu- uh, a contribution to that um, yeah. box office result. Yeah, it, it's just a little odd seeing him in the movie. And he's not great. He, his singing voice is fine. Yeah. His performance is fine. But it's definitely kind of a big distraction. And it just sucks because everyone... Well, it doesn't suck. It's great because everyone else is acting circles around him. Um, especially True. the other member of the, uh, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Riff played by Mike, Fa- uh,
1: Faist, Feist. Yeah, he's been in so many Broadway stuff. Like he's so good. Yeah.
0: It's so nice that people are like finally starting to like, uh, appreciate this guy. Cause he kills it. He's so delightful in this, everyone's really delightful in this he movie. Is, yeah. Um,
1: and so is the guy that played, um, the main shark, like the leader of the sharks.
0: Yeah. David Alvarez, who played Fernando. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He's really, like, menacing, too. Like, uh, the original, at least in the 60s, the Bernardo was kind of a lot more kind of skinnier and not necessarily uh, less imposing. But Bernardo, they kind of, um, and I don't know if this is a thing in the original, I forget, but they kind of make him out as a boxer. So he's very, like, physically imposing. Um, Yeah,
1: I don't think they did that in the original. I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think they did, but... It was a good change. It was a great change if it was a change. That was a fantastic change.
0: Right. Yeah, because it, it really starts to, like, get you worried as far as the, uh, you know, the climax between the Sharks and the Jets go. Like, who's going to come out on top? Um, yeah. Now, what was your favorite uh, musical sequence in the movie?
1: Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. The first one, like, I love the... Uh, it's the, when you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way. I've yeah. always loved that song. <laughs> That's such a good one. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I'd have to say um the one with uh it's Maria and Tony. It's like their first duet together. Oh no, tonight called? tonight. Tonight, tonight. That yeah. is it was so beautiful. And Maria, the person that plays Maria, she has the most beautiful voice. So Absolutely. for me, that was probably my favorite.
0: Oh yeah. Movie magic in that moment. I was like, This is is this what is like? I am in yeah. the hands of guys. So, um
1: Plus the puddle scene. Oh was my like, Oh my god. Like I know we already said it, but like, oh it's so <laughs> we gotta good. bring it back in the
0: puddle scene. It's yeah. um, so good. Yeah, that is incredible. Uh I think my favorites, uh I really like the America set piece. Um Oh, that
1: was a great one too.
0: That's always been my favorite song in the musical, and I was like, She's really excited, um, and I, I I got to catch an early screening. And mm-hmm. when that song showed up, you can feel like everyone's stirring in their seats, with yeah. kind of excitement. And oh my gosh, Ariana DeBose is a firecracker, and she's just uh, so charismatic yeah. in that song. And it's so From, pretty to look at, and it sounds great, yeah,
1: it is a beautiful thing. Like, it the color is just it pops, it's done really well, yeah. She's got but, like that
0: yellow dress with like the red mm-hmm. under, and like every yeah. time she twirls the dress, I'm like, this is incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like they really bumped the energy up for a majority of the songs. Mm -hmm. Like the energy in the original movie, like it was good. Like it was like high, I guess. But in this movie, all the songs are kind of just elevated to like a whole new level. Like the energy is just really there for that. Like you can feel like you want to join them. You want to join them.
0: And that might have been how movie making was done in the sixties, because a lot of the actors in the original West Side Story are not singing. Uh, yeah, they have dubbed actors, which is all well and good. That's fine. I'm, I got yeah. nothing against that. It'd be worse if we had a bad singer in the movie, you know. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I think the original is a lot more like based on the choreography of the numbers, you know, kind of just being set pieces, and the fact that this one has very talented singers. Um, performing Her their hopes, yeah. songs really uh, enhances the experience. So I like the America song. And then the other one I thoroughly
1: enjoyed was the uh, G-Officer Kruppke. Um, that was, I, that? I don't remember that scene in the original at all. But when I saw it, it was such an enjoyable song.
0: Yeah, it I, they did something really cool. Um, and they do this in the original movie. Um, in the original movie, they're kind of outside. But in the remake, they are in a police station. And the way they change the environment For the song because they're playing in the song they're playing different like social worker and a judge and you know a psychiatrist like the way they position objects in the scene it's just so like high energy and exciting um I just really enjoyed that number and the choreography and all that stuff is just fantastic
1: yeah that was a great scene
0: um but yeah I don't know I'm just really impressed with this and I also like the fact and I'm sure this is how the musical is structured but the last like 30 minutes the musical numbers kind of like drop out You know, like, it's very, all of a sudden, very serious and somber. And if you know anything about Romeo and Juliet, then you know kind of how this story is going to end as well. And that's not necessarily a surprise, but the fact that they're able to keep the emotion of what's happening, like, really kind of front and center instead of the Mm -hmm. musical numbers. Like, I I, I was very impressed by that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I really, uh, you know, I just want Steven Spielberg to just do another musical at this point like why not
1: what what do you think he should do next like what if you could recommend any sort of musical for him oh what would boy. you say
0: i don't know i i, I kind of like this idea that spielberg should take a classic musical and mm-hmm. kind of work with it so i don't know maybe something like
1: fiddler on the roof maybe that'd be like interesting that really
0: well yeah. uh, I,
1: I, you think it, he could do sound of music
0: that's what i was thinking oh no but it's like that oh it's such a classic like, that
1: movie's so good though already. Arguably, that's
0: more of a classic than west side stories so that'd be like harder would to so. fill you oh, just yeah. need a good cast for that i guess but i wouldn't yeah. be opposed necessarily
1: yeah and um, they've already done like the sound of music live like i think kelly clarkson was the person that did it, or something like that or right but they I already did that so i mean yeah i also wouldn't be opposed to it it just it'd be very difficult for him to do like he yeah
0: it's just, yeah. it's so nice that Spielberg, um, are, you know, obviously he's uh, getting older, but the fact that he's able to still, like, still, e- even with his lesser movies, there's still great things in them, and oh, he's yeah. still, like, in- incredibly talented, even though some of his recent stuff, in my opinion, hasn't been, like, great, like, Ready Player One, entertaining, but dumb as hell. Uh, it's so
1: dumb, but yeah, that that's probably, that is, <laughs> that is one of my dad's favorite films, yeah. But it's because it's so rewatchable because it is that's so the thing, good. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's one of those that you can like put on at any moment and you're like, yeah, this is a fun time. Yeah, um, and
1: obviously Spielberg knows that that's that kind of movie. Like it's right. not supposed to be this. It's not supposed to be like Lincoln that he did. He did right. Lincoln. It's yeah. nothing like that, obviously. So I mean, he right. knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I hope that I'm, I'm sure this has some prospect in the awards race. I don't know how strong he uh, campaign for it will be, um, but I imagine it'll uh, sweep a lot of nominations. Um, whether it wins be, any yeah. sure, well, yeah, whether yeah, fuck, whether it wins <laughs> anything, that's to uh, be determined. But I don't know. I, I feel like Spielberg really knocked it out of the park. I'm happy that this exists. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm 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 excited to see whatever Spielberg does next. I know he's not doing an Indiana. I don't think he's doing the fifth Indiana, Indiana Jones, but I think he's no. doing like a movie based on his childhood, which. You know, at some point, all directors kind of do that movie where it's like, ah, yes, this is what it was like when I was a child. And, you know, I'm all for that. Um, I'm
1: I'm waiting for Tarantino to do that.
0: Oh, my gosh. What would that be like? That'd be be
1: so interesting.
0: That'd be a horror movie. (laughs) um, Yeah, that'd be exciting. Anything else you want to add about West Side Story before we move on?
1: No, I just recommend to go see it. Um, Really, it was was just really well done. Uh, Kudos to Spielberg for doing something so amazing like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know everyone's going to check out No Way Home, but if you're not doing anything else time during christmas break then go check that one out i feel like most yeah. people were enjoying themselves i really haven't heard any like negative pushback from the movie everyone who's seen it has really enjoyed it no. um, yeah
1: really it's just the ansel elgort stuff that right. is the only like negative thing really
0: yeah and i think everyone universally agrees on that too which is really fun so yeah. you know um ansel elgort more like cancel elgort ouch yeah. got him
1: the sucky the uh, part is i love him as an actor like i used to like love him as an actor like right. baby driver and stuff i used to love him right baby driver's weird because on that
0: one's got him and kevin spacey in it now and you're like oh Ugh,
1: man. it's cursed it's I so know. cursed!" It's
0: like oh man has a movie ever been more cursed than that uh, and lily
1: james also cheated on um with this guy that had a wife oh really oh, boy. yeah oh Uh-oh. no
0: that's yeah that's cursed Yeah, it's so bad that is uh <laughs> that's a tough beat all right moving on so you know we are in our part two of the retrospective. I talked about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire with my buddy Aaron last week. And today we are going to be talking about the amazing Spider-Man duology, really. Um, yep. Now, so these are directed by Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield now takes the reign for Spider-Man. Now, after Sam Raimi's take, what do you think stands out about Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and Mark Webb's kind of vision
1: for the yeah. character? Yeah. Um. Let me first say, I did not grow up on the Raimi stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of the Raimi stuff. Not sure. like, I'm not a fan of number one. Number two, I rewatched recently and I loved it. Okay. Number three, I don't like. But um, the, the stuff that Sam Raimi did was really well done because of his creative control mm-hmm. in the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what Mark Webb tried to do was not really what Mark Webb tried to do in my... Opinion. It was really what um I think is his name like Avio Rod or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: the like CEO of Sony or whatever, he really took control um and stuff. But um Mark Webb, I love his Spider-Man because it's more grounded. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam Raimi's is like it's goofy, it's funny. And like it's got good moments with like Willem Dafoe and Doc Ock, and like they're very serious times, um, especially number two. But these ones feel a lot more grounded, in my opinion, than the other movies that we got before this. And I love that personally. I love these two movies. Like, I they're not the best. I recognize that they are not the best, but they are my favorites.
0: I think there's something to be said that. Uh, you know, while St. Raimi kind of made his movies kind of in a kind of epic drama, that's kind of how you would describe those movies. Yeah. Mark Webb kind of takes the I don't know, it's kind of like perks of being a wall crawler kind of um, vibe with these final yeah. movies. Um, you know, a lot more focused, especially with uh, the first one. Kind of very all right, we're going to stick mm-hmm. him in high school. These are high school students that he's interacting with. Um, yeah, and you know the arc that Peter has to go through in the first one. I really enjoy it because he doesn't necessarily become, spy- like, Spider-Man. It takes until- a while. Right, because like any teenager would, he makes mistakes yeah. uh, gaining such power yeah. like he does. And I don't know, I-, I think that's a really clever arc to take misinterpretation uh, yeah. of Peter Parker on. Yeah, um, some
1: some people that I talk to say that, um, I guess, spoiler, but, like, they don't like the fact that... Um, Peter never finds Uncle Ben's killer mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and he never does anything like he did in the original Sam Raimi movies and stuff like that. Right, and so I like I like that kind of like I actually enjoy that he never finds the killer, but he like he goes on this manhunt for him. But like in the movie, if you're looking at it realistically, like I was saying, like this guy just accidentally killed Uncle Ben. Why wouldn't he just leave the state? Right. why wouldn't he just like he had a chance to flee why would he stay in the city and stuff like that so i like how it's like kind of like realistic in that aspect that he just never finds him like yeah. just by per chance he just wasn't able to find him and i love that and it obviously shows that peter was making mistakes for a while before realizing its true potential as spider-man absolutely
0: so the i guess we'll just jump right into the first film. Um, so, The Amazing Spider-Man. This was 2012, Mark Webb, director. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Rice Ivins, Dennis Leary, Martin Sheen, Sally Field. Um, and the weird thing about this was this was coming out the same summer as The Avengers. Um, yeah. The first one. Uh, and I remember like uh, when the trailers were coming out, I'm like, huh, Like, is this related to the MCU? I guess yeah. not. Okay. Um, but they take an angle with this Spider-Man that no one is really like i I don't know if any other spider-man media i'm sure it's been dived into in the comics but this one kind of the mystery that kind of sets it off is what happened to peter's parents
1: Um, well it it follows the ultimate comics okay in in the ultimate comics from what i remember peter's parents were scientists Mm -hmm. um i don't know if they worked at oscorp or whatever but um, they were scientists and stuff like they were super smart um and like everything in the same happens basically, but it is based off the ultimate comics where there is this mystery behind uh his parents. So yeah.
0: yeah. It's an interesting angle for these new movies to take because we haven't really seen that before. Obviously, yeah. you know, we get the Uncle Ben thing again, which I'm I, I just I'm always a fan of the Uncle Ben thing. I know everyone's like, Oh, we've seen that before. No, just keep giving it to
1: me. Um and Martin Sheen does super good. He's
0: really great as Uncle Ben. He is yeah. underrated. I think he is
1: I mean, really the, the, the first guy was so good, and, like, everyone loves the whole, like, with great power comes great responsibility stuff. So, like, I understand that people kind of would push aside Martin Sheen and stuff like that. I wish they didn't because his performance is just so amazing, but I understand why they do that. Yeah. Like, all the fans and stuff.
0: I agree. Now, let's talk about Andrew Garfield. What stands out about Andrew Garfield's interpretation of Spider-Man? What do you latch on to?
1: um not the skateboarder stuff not the cool guy cool hot guy kind of stuff like he's not our normal Peter Parker um but it's his Mm spider-man that I love so much um in this first movie he is obviously just learning the ropes and stuff like that but um he's still got the quips um I love what they do with like all the web swinging in this movie um he is like he brings a lot of emotion um in this movie and stuff like that like really it's just I don't know it's just everything about his Spider-Man I love maybe not as Peter Parker because I'm not like like I said not the biggest fan of the skateboard stuff Mm -hmm. but um, yeah everything about Spider-Man I just love
0: yeah they do something different with this Peter Parker where he's not like a nerd per se they kind of position him as more of an outcast and I know the popular complaint has been oh he's too cool to be Peter Parker and I mean eh, sure um, you know, carrying a skateboard around doesn't necessarily help, but yeah, I don't no. know. I, 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 I like as far as distancing yourself as a reinterpretation, I like this uh side to him because yeah. we haven't really seen that, and yeah. I think it's pretty refreshing. Um, now the love interest in this movie, uh, in both these movies, is perfect, played that by Emma best. Stone, who maybe makes a case for the best love interest in any superhero movie, possibly.
1: Yeah, maybe. She's up there. I don't have a list, but she's up there.
0: Um, And it certainly doesn't help that Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone were dating at the time, but their chemistry is infectious. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. Every time they're on screen, they are just so delightful.
1: It it Um, also helps that Mark Webb directed 500 Days of Summer.
0: Right. He knows how to write people, and that makes the relationship work really well. it's Yeah,
1: he does a great job. Like the rooftop scene and everything like that, he just he does a super good job of um the the chemistry between these two it's you just you feel it it's it's a raw chemistry maybe yeah. it happens like a little early on, like really sudden like you can feel the spark between them really early on, mm-hmm. but I mean it's still it's really it's done really well
0: absolutely now was this your uh introduction to Emma Stone or had you seen her in other things before?
1: um this I think was my introduction to her.
0: Yeah, because the only thing she did before mm-hmm. this was Easy A and Land, but I hadn't seen those at those. Uh, th- time. Did
1: she do Superman?
0: She did Superman before this as well. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. see those before Spider-Man. So yeah, Spider-Man was my introduction to her. Um, and she's been great uh, before and after. She's amazing and everything. Um, yeah. More the Stone, please. Now, we got to bring up the villain of the movie, uh, the mm-hmm. Lizard, who played by Rice Ithens? Uh mm-hmm. Now, Kurt Connors is kind of the human persona to him and I like uh kind of the setup I'm always a fan of you know I feel like Spider-Man villains should be kind of somehow you know seven degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of related to Peter um and they kind of position him as he worked with Peter's father and that's how Peter you know kind of gained access to uh not only the spider that turns him into Spider Man, but also kind of the kind of underbelly of Oscorp and kind of what
1: uh, yeah
0: Kurt Connor is up to. Uh, what are your thoughts on the villain? Do you like the lizard,
1: or I like the whole mentor aspect because it reminds me of Spider Man Two with mm-hmm. Doc Ock kind of, but it's like it's longer in this movie and stuff like that. But I think he was underdeveloped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. There are deleted scenes of Kurt K- Connors um, with his son. Oh, like, it was completely taken out of the movie mm-hmm. um, because Sony didn't like it or something like that. Um, and I think his villain just became the big big bad. Um, his plan uh, for what he was doing, um, like as a lizard, was kind of confusing. Like his like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's end, not.
0: It's kind of. Your generic like, oh, I'm gonna turn the entire city into lizards, and you're like, yeah, it's just it
1: it was it's weird. It comes out of left field and stuff, and um, I just think yeah, his villain was very underdeveloped. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still love this movie. So (laughs) you're fine. Um, yeah, I I I
0: I like there there are aspects of him that I like, and I agree if we got to see like a little more of kind of what's driving him to do this, then I think it yeah. would have been a lot clearer. Um, but I think all the fight sequences in this are really dynamic. There's that moment where Lizard kind of attacks the school. Uh, that is my at.
1: favorite. That is such a good fight scene.
0: Yeah, they do a really good job with that. Um, and the Stan Lee cameo in the library always gets that That's so me.
1: perfect, yeah. Um,
0: but I don't know. I, there's kind of a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff where Spider-Man is, like, they, they actually like put Andrew Garfield like on trucks and like swinging with ropes and stuff. Like, I don't know, it, it there's a lot of like practicality to yeah, all they the Spider Man stuff. And there's yeah. some really cool shots and sequences in here, too. The obviously it was in the teaser trailer, but the whole like first person Spidey shots, yeah, those are um, sick, are really cool. Like, we haven't seen that at all. Uh, yeah, so it's really cool that we got to get those. Um, now, I want to I bring up real quick my favorite scene in the entire movie, and this might be like a pinnacle Spider-Man scene,
1: but the scene on the bridge. Yes, uh, that is such a good scene.
0: Which might be like, I, I don't know, I, I love that scene so much because not only is it like intense, it's exciting, but it also like that's the defining moment where Peter actually becomes Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Um, that is definitely the best scene in all of the amazing Spider-Man uh duology or whatever.
0: Right. Well I completely understands like the appeal of Spider-Man. You know, like he's he he he's a good guy, he wants to help people out. Yeah. And just that great moment where um and for people who haven't seen it, like come on, uh but you know, he, he there's these cars dangling from the bridge when he's trying to get people out, and there's a kid stuck in one of them. Uh so he's holding the car, uh like he's tethered to the car and the bridge and uh, the kid is trying to get out and he gives the kid his mask and he's like yeah. hey you know like I'm just a regular guy like you put on the mask I'll yeah. make you strong like I'm getting chills just thinking about it um, It's yeah
1: it's really good but it's
0: such a great moment and Garfield like really delivers the hell out of that uh, moment but, definitely yeah it's just such a great scene I love that so much
1: yeah um, it's so nice because like it it just shows like really who Spider-Man is as a character Mm-hmm. He he really like like he says in the movie. He's just a normal guy that happened to get these powers. I mean, we'll talk about the next movie. Yeah, oh boy. But in this movie, at least, he is just like he's just a normal kid. He's just a normal kid that happened to get these powers and stuff like that. And so I I just that's a perfect that's such a perfect scene for me.
0: Absolutely. Um, the other thing that is interesting is I don't know it. I I, I appreciate um. I appreciate kind of the, the, the structure of this movie, but it is not, like, the editing is a little whack as far as, like, where agree. scenes are placed. Yeah. Um, the movie's about two hours and 16 minutes, which I don't have anything against, but mm-hmm. it does feel a little long in some places. I and can I can see
1: that, yeah.
0: And I don't know, especially with, like, what they cut out with the lizard stuff. Like, couldn't there be stuff that we could take out of this and put in the lizard stuff? That would make it more, I don't know, engaging. Um, yeah. I don't I, I don't really have any like sequences that I'd poke at and be like, oh, this shouldn't have been in there.
1: Oh, but, I, I got one. I got yeah, one. what do you have? So there's a scene where they finish the... I don't know any other word besides symbiote, I guess. Um, okay. But the green thing, mm-hmm. goo, and they finish it. And it's perfected, per se. But no one's tested it. So a character comes in. And he's like, let's start human trials immediately to save Norman Osborn right. and stuff. And that character is completely forgotten for the rest of the series oh, after right. the bridge scene.
0: Yeah, near uh Erafans Khan's character.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. completely forgotten, and he is the most pointless character. I wish it was Doc Ock. Like, I wish it was Otto Octavius, because that would have been like so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, to like set up for the future, um, and stuff, but I mean. Yeah, that was completely wasted in my opinion. I think those scenes should like could be taken out.
0: I probably agree. You're probably right. Yeah, take him out and put in the lizard stuff. I think is what we're looking yeah. at here. Um, the other thing that I really like is uh kind of the implications of the end of the movie, where obviously the whole like I'm gonna take over the city with lizards, not not exciting to me, but Uh, All the character stuff I find really engaging, Um, especially the relationship between uh, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy's father. um, Played by Dennis Leary, who really, he's just kind of chewing every scene he's in. He's really fun to watch. Um, He's just kind of a snarling, grumpy captain. (laughs) And, you know, it's fun. Their dynamic is fun. But uh, you know, uh, Captain Stacy kind of sacrifices himself for Peter uh, kind of helping him out. And his dying words are like, hey, don't like don't involve Gwen because she's gonna get hurt. Um, yeah. And Andrew Garfield at the end of the movie kind of ignores that and yeah goes after Gwen. And I, I like I just like that setup a lot. Um. Obviously, I I enjoy when Spider-Man uh fails. I know that sounds terrible, but um I that, that's just kind of a key attribute to his character that I need. I need some fallback for him, and I I, I like that whole aspect. Um. Just that whole relationship between him and. Gwen especially because there's no Mary Jane in these movies so Gwen is kind of the centerpiece of affection and you really just care for her because their chemistry is so delightful so to have kind of this anchor in the way of the father and his he made Peter promise like that's an interesting angle for them to work with Um,
1: yeah but then they kind of broke it so I was like I I was like oh man but Uh, it would have been interesting but yeah
0: I agree anything else you want to add about the first Amazing spider-man
1: nope i just love this movie um it's it's also like a thing like uh i saw this in theaters with my dad and it was kind of like a present for him for his like his birthday and stuff like that right and so we saw the midnight like like, midnight premiere and stuff like that oh wow so i have like this memory to it and i just i love this movie so much i could watch it over and over and over (laughs)
0: again that's good. Oh, one thing we and, haven't mentioned is uh, James Horner's score, which is also really. That good. was a,
1: that's a really good score, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, his Spider Man theme is really cool. Uh, unique and it definitely stands apart from the Danny Elfman uh, soundtrack. And, it, and yeah, it's cool that sure. they like. It's cool that they don't have to rely on um, kind of a, a uniting theme for Spider Man. Yeah, cool. I
1: I would also say another um, thing that we didn't mention mm-hmm. is um, Aunt May.
0: Oh, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Sally Field, in my opinion is my favorite aunt may okay
0: um
1: i think like it's it's the acting because the i think that the acting in this in these two movies are the best that we've ever gotten in the spider-man movies mm-hmm. really um it, it's just it's the best cast really the best uh list of actors and stuff like that especially andrew garfield and sally field um because any scene that they're in you buy that they're really like an aunt and a nephew and mm-hmm. I just love that. They do. they do a really good job with that.
0: Yeah. Sally Field apparently wasn't happy with her work in these movies. And I don't yeah. know I think she's really great.
1: she's great. Um, um yeah, she said that she, really shined through. She said that she loved um being on set with Andrew, but like anything else that she had to do, she just was not a fan of. Yeah. That's
0: a shame. yeah. Um all right, so moving on to uh two years later, we had a sequel, The Amazing Spider Man Two. Mark Whoa. went back in the director's chair. Wow. Uh, so, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Sally Field return. Um, and in this one, we have a whole bunch of new additions. We have Jimmy Fox as Electro, Dana Hodd as the Green Goblin, Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. And if he sounds familiar, we have a lot of villains in this movie.
1: Um,
0: uh, general thoughts What do you think of uh, The Amazing Spider Man 2?
1: God, this movie's bad. <laughs> It's fun. This movie's really fun. Yeah. But it's bad. It's really bad.
0: It is messy. Really, really messy. It's
1: it, so... It's more messy than Spider-Man 3.
0: Yeah, because at least Spider-Man 3, the tone is consistent. Like, it, it's, it's goofy, but... At, and there's too much going on, but at least there's a consistency with what's yeah. going on. Amazing Spider-Man 2, unfortunately, has just a variety of characters and tones yeah. and it is messy to watch but also is this the best looking superhero movie
1: like oh my god it's so beautiful
0: visually this movie looks incredible
1: it's it visually is better than any marvel like mcu movie we've gotten in my opinion yeah it spider-man's is so costume pretty. in
0: this especially is it pops awesome yeah
1: yeah um that looks great um, all the CGI is amazing. It's some yeah, of the really best great. CGI uh, we've gotten, and uh, it's definitely the best CGI we've gotten in the Spider-Man movie. But uh, it's some of the best CGI I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Um, and yeah, yeah the swinging
0: sequences in this movie are like really, really top notch. Yeah, like, you can tell they perfected the way that Spider-Man kind of moves when he's swinging through the city. Um, yeah,
1: it, it looks amazing.
0: Yeah. But, oh boy. Um,
1: (laughs) Now the story. The
0: script of this. So this was even more messed with uh, in the edit by Avi and his cronies. Um, This had, let me make sure I have this number right. This had four screenwriters. Ooh, Jesus. uh, Which is quite a lot. And some of them are responsible for the Transformers and oh. uh, Star Trek and Cowboys vs. Aliens. Oh. And Independence Day Resurgence. No! And,
1: oh. Uh,
0: Venom and the Dark no. Tower. Um,
1: oh my so, god, these movies all suck.
0: Yeah, it's really just the Sony Hall of Fame here. Um, as far as their running groups. Oh. This is a mess. I'm, tr- I'm really struggling about how we want to get into it. I guess we should just talk about go villain by villain um, yeah well, brief... we can
1: we can first talk about like story by story so like yes yeah. villain by villain so first what we open on is the parents again
0: oh right yeah because we never really got any not not necessarily that we needed closure really.
1: I don't think we needed it this I think was a completely unnecessary scene
0: yeah because the movie opens and it's like a like something out of the porn identity. Where yeah. E- everything. A plane fight and yeah. I don't know. It's about and, oh, and, Peter's parents. They were fighting to their death, and it's like whoa. Yeah. Okay.
1: And and like the dad is trying to upload something, but he's in a plane that's f- crashing, and somehow he was still able to upload this thing over the internet. Like I said, while a plane is crashing, right? I don't understand that at all. Um, and the entire parents thing was just so stupid in this movie. I mean, it was fine in the last movie, but this movie is sucked.
0: Yeah, it's like, what is going on? Like, I'm so confused um, yeah. as to what they want. Uh, so yeah, and that's weird. And then the movie opens and it's a fun action scene with uh, Spider-Man taking down the Rhino, who's not the Rhino, but it's, uh, I, I forget his name. Okay, Alexei Cervic, I don't know. I'm sorry, yeah, Russian like viewer. Yeah,
1: that I him couldn't... before becoming the rhino.
0: Right, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a nice Spider-Man-y <clears throat> scene. Um, you know, Spider-Man's got the quips. Uh, yeah,
1: a, a little too much this time, because yeah. people, people are kind of dying uh, <laughs> everywhere, and he could have probably stopped it uh, a while back. But right. But it's still, it's Spider-Man, so who cares?
0: Right. And Paul um,
1: Giamatti is so campy in this role. like yeah.
0: he is going to, like, extreme level of campiness here. 100%. Which, you know, I'm not necessarily against. Like, he's kind of fun. Um, If he was in a more, if, if I was supposed to take him, like, really seriously, I don't know if it would have worked. But, I mean, yeah. you know, he's fine. I don't know. Um, But then in that battle, he runs into uh, Max Dillon, Sure. Uh, played by Jamie Foxx, who becomes Electro. Uh, how do you feel about Electro in this movie? His,
1: his design is really bad. Yeah, he's like,
0: basically Dr. Manhattan.
1: Like, the tooth gap is really dumb. Yeah. Um, because when he turns into Electro, the tooth gap goes away.
0: For some reason.
1: For some yeah. reason. The electricity pulls his teeth together. Um yeah. He has, like, no hair. He has, like, this, like, really awful slick hair. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, it's like a over. oh it looks really bad. Um, but his like look as like Electro the villain. I thought it had potential. Yeah. As like being a blue guy, but you're right. He looked just like Dr. Manhattan. Um, it should have been better. A majority of the villains in this like uh movie have like horrible designs, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think they I think there's something to what they're setting like what they set up Electro to be. Um the fact that, you know, uh Max is Max, before he becomes Electro, is kind of this, you know, never-do-well kind of outcast, and Spider-Man notices him, and kind of, you know, says hey to him, and makes Max feel special for, like, the first time in his life, Yeah. uh, you know, in a world that treats him incredibly, uh, you know, unfairly, and everyone kind of looks down upon him. And so when he gets that power, and Spider-Man forgets who he is, which, you know, understandable, considering the circumstances that he's a big blue guy. Um, But, I, like there's something there, but it's just really hastily done and not developed in any way, shape, or form. Because yeah. aside from that, like there's nothing else to his character. You know, like no, there after isn't. that fight in uh, Times Square, which again looks great. There's some really great stuff in there, but, uh,
1: especially the red stairs scene.
0: Yes, yeah, where everything's that in slow motion and we get like a spider yeah. sense kind of.
1: That's yeah. probably one of my favorite like Spider-Man moments with the bridge. Like it's the same as the bridge in the first movie. Like, that is an amazing moment, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they do a really good job. Uh, Cue the pun. With that. <laughs> exactly. Um, they do a good job with that. But after that, like, Electro kind of loses any urgency as a character.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we don't see him for, like, another 30 minutes.
0: Right. He's put in, like, a prison. Um, and then a, a goblin breaks him out. And then he's bad for the rest of the movie. And it's like, all right, well, that's cool. Um, he's there. And but we'll, I don't know. we'll
1: talk about Harry, because Harry is the worst, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Uh, let's just jump right in. Dane uh, so T- Nahan, after a really great performance in uh, Chronicle. Tw- 2012's Chronicle, which if you Oof. have not seen Chronicle, you should really check out Chronicle. It's really he neat. does
1: great in that movie.
0: Um, Here he is as uh, Harry Osborn, who was not in the first movie. Um, Did they mention him in the first movie at
1: all? Nope, there wasn't a single mention of Harry. All
0: right, well, uh, he's here, and he was Peter Parker's best friend.
1: Um, when they, they were like eight years old, and so they've skipped like a decade, and so now they're back to mean friends.
0: Right. Where Where do you stand on his Harry Osborn and Green Goblin?
1: Um, his Green Goblin look is horrible, in my opinion. Um, he looks
0: like a like a like a I don't know what he is. Like he looks like a gremlin. <laughs> yeah.
1: So remember in um Spider Verse how we saw um the Green Goblin be. Like, this giant monster, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I kind of wish there was something like that.
0: Okay. Like, that, I don't I know that.
1: how they would have done that. Um, and I wish they would have saved it for the third movie. Yeah. Because Harry Osborn's um, arc in this movie is rushed, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, like, the logic behind what's going on with him... Does not uh, make which, any sense. Yeah, if you want to explain it, you can. Like, yeah. it makes no sense.
0: So... Harry's father, Norman, who is head of Oscorp, who we did not see Norman in the last movie either, um, right. he has been bedridden with, like, this really illness, like, this really bad illness that's going to kill him.
1: And but, but, like, it's, it's, that's actually interesting, in my opinion, because they call it, like, Green Goblin disease. Right. Because he's kind of turning into, like, Green Goblin.
0: Right. It kind of deteriorates you.
1: Like yeah, you, 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 he's got like these long nails and stuff like that, and he looks green, and stuff. right, that, that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's not bad. So, he, he he tells Harry, and he's like, My boy, um, you <laughs> have the disease because it's hereditary. And then, over the course of how, how, how long do you think this movie takes in real time, like a few weeks, probably? Uh,
1: yeah, I'd say so.
0: Yeah, so in a few weeks, uh, Harry Osborne completely gains all side effects from this disease yeah. and starts deteriorating himself which I don't understand anything
1: about that. Yeah. Harry's in his 20s. Norman's in his, like, his 60s or 70s and Norman's like completely deteriorated right. while like Harry is becoming like just like him in a matter of a couple weeks which is so weird. And <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's like what?
0: Huh? And then the fact that he thinks like Spider-Man his blood can somehow heal him. That also, like, that seems like kind of a stretch. Um, and, and, it's,
1: and he also is like, oh, because he, he's talking to Peter Parker about this. And he's like, you took a picture of Spider-Man, so you know him. You know him. He's your best friend. And- I think that's always so funny when people do that. Like, they're always like, you know Spider-Man because you took a picture of him. It's like, no. And he even says it in the movie, I took a long lens photo. He's like, I took a photo from, like, a mile away. So. Right. And, and it is so weird.
0: Yeah, uh, lesson to everyone. If you take a picture of somebody, you're immediately their best friend. Apparently. That's how it works. So. But
1: do you want to say why? Because um, uh, Harry eventually does um, inject himself with um, the spider venom, do right. you want to say why it does not help him? Well, this I, stupid subplot.
0: So this is maybe the worst thing yep. ever. Um, it
1: slows the movie down to a halt.
0: Well, not only that, but I also just think it's like it's personally offend- offensive to me. Um, they set up the sort of spider that Peter gets bitten by. Um, apparently in this movie, could have only affected him. Um,
1: he's the chosen one. He's
0: the chosen one. Which, if you know anything about me, I hate chosen ones, and I hate <laughs> the idea of. You know, Spider-Man, part of the appeal of Spider-Man is that anyone can be Spider-Man. Yeah. The Spider-Verse proved it. Spider-Man 2 proved it. The Amazing Spider-Man proved it. Like, anyone could have been Spider-Man. Nope. Exactly. Not this one. It was Peter, and it was only Peter. Yeah. And uh, when Harry gets the blood and puts it in himself, he deteriorates into a goblin. And it's like,
1: huh? <laughs> but, but then he puts on this suit and he's completely, like, healed. Oh, say.
0: yeah. The suit heals him, which... Okay. Which is
1: so weird. Like, why didn't his dad put the See, suit on?
0: Alright, here's the thing. If you would have kept Harry in this movie, make him as the Goblin. Like, build him up to, like, the end of the movie. Like, don't even do... If you're gonna do Goblin, like, tease him in the end,
1: you know? Yeah, like Spider-Man 2 did.
0: Right, exactly. We don't need this, oh, hey, by the way, here's Harry Osborn. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, uh, uh, I'm the Green Goblin. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, what?
1: Yeah, huh? they they tried to fix it in the post credit scene, by, like, when he's in this jail cell, some guy's talking to him, and he's like, uh, he asks him because he looks better, he looks like back to normal, right. Harry Osborne, he's like, You look better, and he's like, It comes and goes. So, they like tried to fix it, like, Oh, it's so stupid,
0: yeah. It's like it they
1: tried sense. to fix that in a way, and it just, oh, it's it does not work at all,
0: yeah. And then the other thing that I just want to mention, um, there are two cast members in this that are very recognizable and have absolutely nothing to do, uh, Felicity Jones, who Ugh, people might know from what Rogue a One or Theory of Everything, uh, shows up as Felicia Hardy, who, if you read the comics, that's Black Cat. Yep. She has nothing to do. She has no character. She's just there as a, hey, look, it's Black Cat. Um,
1: this was Black- before she was even big, too. Right. This is before all, like, Rogue One and Theory of Everything. This was before those movies.
0: Yeah, so it's just really weird seeing her there. Um, and then the other weird one is uh, P.J. Novak. Who shows Thanks up as Aleister Smith, who, if you're in the comic, uh, Spider Slayer is who he becomes. Who, PJ Nomak, is in this movie for like, I don't know, what, two minutes, maybe? He,
1: he's in it for one scene. He gets yelled at, goes in an elevator, we never see him again.
0: Yeah, it's like, huh? What's going on here? Just a lot of bit parts. Um, yeah. So, very strange. And then the other thing, too, the tone of this movie goes from all over the place because you want to take it. You want to take the events seriously, and in some cases, there are things that you can take seriously. However, there are also very goofy moments, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And then, in the middle of nowhere, you have a needle drop from Philip Phillips' Gone Gone Gone, which, I'll be honest, I like that song. However, what the hell is it doing in this movie?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that entire scene was so weird.
0: Yeah, because it's after Peter's fight with Electro in Times Square, right? Yeah. 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 and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, time to focus on my dad. When life leaves you high and dry, like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And,
1: and the scene after that is good. Like sure. the scene that comes after it, it, it's like Aunt May finding this thing that he's created, like this board of mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. And she has this like breakdown basically. Um, and I think it's one of my favorite Aunt Aunt May moments. Absolutely. Um, because she's like stressed out about um having to do like nursing school and uh, having to live this life without uncle ben right. um, and it's so interesting like we kind of got into that a little bit with spider-man 2 right a little bit with aunt may being like oh yeah i have to move out because i can't afford it and stuff like that but this movie really deals with it um, with peter having to go to college and pay for that and aunt, like Aunt May having to pay for that and stuff it's so interesting in my opinion um, yeah. and sally field does a fantastic job yeah especially that, in that scene. scene it's
0: like oh my gosh she's really putting, putting, putting her, her all in there oh yeah
1: it's very emotional
0: yeah um one of the things that i want to bring up uh i really like the score to this movie so uh yeah. we do not have the same composer horner is not back this time around but r.i.p, instead R- RIP.
1: Have... he died he died though oh did he yeah oh, R- rest in peace sad. yeah um
0: But this time we have uh, Hans Zimmer and Pharrell Williams, which... Oh, that was
1: horrible. I think, in my opinion, anything that Pharrell Williams did in the soundtrack was not good.
0: Okay, where do you stand on the electro theme? Because I kind of like it.
1: I, you know what, I'm kind of in between. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I, like, I understand. I don't love the dubstep kind of aspect of it. Right. But I love the, like... And a lot of people disagree, but I kind of love the little voices in his head. Yeah,
0: where he's like paranoid, paranoid. Like,
1: yeah, like he's your enemy and stuff. Like, that's that's kind of interesting. That's kind of sick. Yeah,
0: like I kind of like that. Uh, Do you think we'll hear that theme in No Way Home? I hope so.
1: (laughs) I doubt it because he looks different in this movie, so I I don't think we will see that or hear that.
0: I kind of like that, and I like uh, Hans Zimmer's theme for uh, Spider-Man in this.
1: Spider-Man's theme in this movie is on par with James Horner's, um, maybe even a little bit better than James Horner's, because uh, it's very bombastic. It feels like Superman, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And I, I love that. Like, it's so – like, the first scene when, like, you see the logo and he's falling down, and right. he does the web swing scene. Like, it's it, it just fills you with so much joy and stuff like that.
0: Right, you're like, yeah, Spider-Man, he's back. Um, yeah. All right, so we got to bring up the ending uh, to this movie. Um,
1: so, Ooh, oh man, I forgot I know. about that. For it's tough, time.
0: it's tough, it's tough, it's a tough beat. Um, so Spider-Man fights Electro, beats him, cool, and then Green Goblin kind of shows up, and Gwen Stacey's there, and this begins a really stressful uh, clock tower fight scene, which is really well done. Like, the visual effects on that look fan- fantastic. Um, yeah. And so, if you read the comics, unfortunately, you kind of know where this is going. And
1: well, it was a bridge in the comics, but yes,
0: right. But um, they really kind of teased this. Yeah, they hinted the it throughout
1: the entire movie,
0: right? Um, and Gwen Stacy unfortunately falls to her death. Uh, huh. and it is a tough scene to get through emotionally. Um,
1: it's so sad.
0: I know it's really rough. Do you think that they needed to kill Gwen off though? Like, I this might be a hot take. This is my hot yes. take that I'm presenting for the pod. I think that you could have ignored the comics and kept Gwen Stacy as the main love interest in these amazing Spider-Man movies. I disagree with
1: what I, – I disagree with that only because of what they were doing with her character. Mm-hmm. Because they were making it so that she was going to Oxford. Right, right. And uh, Peter obviously didn't want to, like, let go of her. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to come with you. Right. And It's like, I don't know where they would have gone with that in the next movie and They're stuff. They're going
0: to stop I, uh, Jack the Ripper, you know.
1: Oh, that's right. They were gonna like revive her and stuff like that. <laughs> but but like I, I think I think I don't know if it was necessary per se, right. but I think it was the right choice. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I hey I'm just uh you know, pitching my ideas out to the wind. Um
1: and it's yeah. it's some of the best Andrew Garfield acting.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, he's devastating. It's hard to watch. It's really He's hard to
1: watch. he said that he cannot watch that scene anymore because it's so real yeah. to him. And that's so sad.
0: Yeah, I think they did a good job as far as the execution of that goes. It's really sad. Um, yeah, and I sure. like, the movie kind of takes like a, you know, a, an epilogue after that where like Spider-Man hasn't appeared in the city for months afterward. He's mm-hmm. been standing at a grave and the way they show the passage of time is really... Yeah. Uh, show TV. the
1: snow, show the leaves for fall and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, they do a good job.
0: Right. And then, uh, you know, he sees Gwen's graduation speech and is inspired to take up the mantle again and steps up to fight uh, the rhino. And I like... What were you going
1: to say? was kind of like the ending of the first movie. Yeah. Because in the first movie, he stops being Spider-Man for a little bit. Um, and then he listens to Uncle Ben say his message and then he goes back to being Spider-Man at the end. Right, like, or with the promise that he gave to Gwen's dad and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, that I, it's just kind of interesting that they kind of parallel each other.
0: Absolutely, and I like, I like. There's kind of a moment, um, and a lot of people would call this unnecessary, but I disagree. But there's that moment where uh, Spider-Man kind of stops that kid from getting bullied, and this is a science project, yeah. and the kid shows up later in this cute little Spider-Man costume, uh, and kind of steps forward to take yeah. down the Rhino. And obviously he's a child, but I like, I, love that. I like what that represents. And, um, yeah. you know, Spider-Man actually showing up and, uh, you know, sending off the kid is really cute. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, to this day, uh, I'm sure there are legends of Spider-Man is still fighting the Rhino to this day because the movie ends oh, yeah. right before that action sequence, which is really sad because in all the trailers, they're like, Hey, look, he's going to fight the Rhino.
1: There's so doesn't... many scenes, though, in the trailers that weren't included. There was like a whole There's a whole plot line where Oscorp was monitoring Peter right. and Harry was showing him. And they're like, why? Why were they doing that? And they're like, that's the question. Yeah. And, it's, and you're like, well, know, that's, that's not in the movie. And then
0: yeah, the other no? thing, too, is Shalene uh, Windley was supposed to be in this as Mary yep. Jane. Um, and,
1: and the funeral scene, like the uh, when he's like the passage of time in right. the graveyard he um like there was a deleted scene where apparently his dad was still alive this whole time
0: he somehow survived a plane crash
1: yeah and it's another amazing Andrew Garfield acting scene because mm-hmm. he's obviously like really upset that like his dad hid this from him for so long right. and uh he's crying and stuff like that but um it was that was a horrible idea to. uh to bring into the movie in my yeah opinion. it's
0: like huh like what does that do um well,
1: yeah it doesn't make any sense
0: yeah it's just a shame Sony was really trying to set up their sinister six in this movie um and mm-hmm. i mean you know i'm sure we have a version of that that we're going to be watching this weekend uh Ooh. but i like i don't know there's just too many cooks in the kitchen here um yep. none of the villains feel all that developed uh you know, obviously, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are still terrific. Um, yeah. There are great moments in here, but the movie as a whole is just kind of a mess. Um,
1: yeah, it really is. Which um. is sucks,
0: because it's like, all right, we've had two times before where Sony's like, all right, yeah, we're going to have a lot of villains here. Yeah, And they haven't worked, and that's why I'm just so nervous for this new one,
1: you know? It's, it's not even Mark Webb's fault nope. for both of these movies. No. Because both of these movies were like Spider-Man 3. They had a ton of of studio interference which sucks because he's such a good director and there was so much potential in these movies but it just you never get to fully see what it could have become like he could have been like our best spider-man honestly
0: it's possible yeah absolutely
1: yeah if done right these movies could have been perfect but sadly it just it didn't work out but i still love these movies uh they're still my favorites Um, Because they're just so entertaining.
0: Well, there's definitely a TASM fan base out there. You know? Yeah. This is not an unpopular opinion to have anymore. And especially, you know, not that we've had like three interpretations of Spider-Man and Into the Spider-Verse. Like, people are really starting to step forward with their Andrew Garfield uh, praise, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. I... I like kind of the I like ideas and performances in these movies better than the movies themselves, only because there's kind of a lot you have to wade through in order to get to the good stuff. But there yeah. there really is a lot of good here. And I think people underwrote like under kind of written, written wrote them off in a way where yeah. it's like, uh, eh, these need to be evaluated again.
1: Yeah, it's just it's so sad, honestly, that yeah. like these movies weren't what they could have been.
0: Yeah. Now mm-hmm. would you watch a third one if they did yes. chasm three?
1: um if avia rod does not have any control over the story then yes and if mark webb comes back
0: yeah i'm sure i don't want would.
1: them to, i don't i don't want them to do like the like story that they had like yeah. with the whole resurrection thing i don't want them to do that right but um if they create a new story and they're able to try to find a way to work it around uh again i would love to see it
0: yeah and i'm sure i mean i i, I think i speak for the both of us we're both very if Andrew Garfield ends up showing up in No Way Home, I think you and I are going to be very happy. Um, oh, 100%. If yeah. that happens. Uh, I, he, I
1: will be cheering. I will be, like, standing up and just applauding. I'll be screaming. Right. I'll I be will.
0: pissing my pants. I'll be, uh, <laughs> you know, yelling. I'll be snoring. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be awesome. Right, exactly. Uh, so that'll do it for this conversation. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, oh. Make sure to check out uh, the pod, uh, Pop Culture Parler on mm-hmm. spotify um make sure to check out the real view podcast on spotify anchor uh anywhere you find your podcast around there uh we'll be coming to you next week with the retrospective of the mcu spidey with tom holland including spider-man no way home um so we'll be seeing you guys next week for that uh as for myself uh i will see you guys next week stay safe we'll see you later bye